And welcome to the DS Life Podcast, episode 25. As you heard, uh, we're coming to you live on Saturday, April 5th, 2008. Joining you, Lloyd Hannison, and joining me, Edgar First. <laughs> What's going on, guys? I you know, I didn't even intend to do that. I just thought you were going to come in with it around that time. I didn't think you were going to just jump in. So I was like, bucka, bucka, bucka. So we and got a you know live what? remix action going some... on. What happened? I, I said we got a little live remix going on, courtesy yeah, of Edgar. It was awesome. Ah, how you doing, dude? I'm doing great. I'm, I don't know, eat, drinking some tea, recording a podcast on a Saturday afternoon. This is, uh, this is life. This is what I want to do for the rest of my life. This is good, right? I'm drinking uh, tea myself. Uh, I was inspired by you, so I went and got a, a tea bag from uh, that I, I I imported from Peru. I'm not sure how the the uh, what do we call it? The oh, the goods people at the airport. What do they call them? Uh, I don't know. You Americans have a different system of doing it. The TSA what people? Is that what you We have the people that uh, go through all your goods in the customs. Customs. That I, We have customs too, so I should have said customs. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm surprised they didn't take it away from me. So I'm drinking a little coca tea right now. So if I'm a little loopy, I apologize. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully Lloyd will be loopy with me because I'll be sending him a, a few bags myself. Score. Awesome. No, I'm, I'm, I'm just drinking plain old Earl Grey pretty boring but i did pick up some uh, some herba herbal uh, yata mate or whatever uh which is supposed to be uh, it's this brazilian um tea that uh, is kind of like a cultural thing over there and uh, apparently it has multiple types of caffeine but it doesn't give uh. you a caffeine buzz because of the way that it interacts with your body really and it's got like 14 vitamins and nutrients it's got a bunch of uh antioxidant properties so it's supposed to be like a, a super health drink um, now see, this is this is starting to be a PSA for kids to not get old. <laughs> yeah, this is that like, kids don't get old. <laughs> when you're 30, you have to start thinking about things like that. <laughs> oh, you get your kids are in a world of disappointment when you start hitting like 30. Yeah, you think it's going to be cool? It's no, not. Not so much. No. Enjoy 21 through 25. <laughs> Yeah, party hard like we did, and then you'll have that you'll have a life to pay for the consequences. But it's gonna yeah. be all good. Did I ever tell you? Uh, and I'll make this real quick. But my theory on life and how uh, at twenty five, the only thing you have to look forward to as a male is that you get a break on insurance, mm-hmm. and then the closest one after that is like fifty five or whatever. When you start getting like you know uh, moons over Miami at half price over at Denny's for <laughs> nice. a senior discount and stuff, but. Yeah. What I'm thinking is, why doesn't the government set up like small things, like like almost like life achievements, mm-hmm. where when you turn 26, all of a sudden you could buy, I don't know, something that you weren't able to buy before. It doesn't even have to be a big deal. You're like, oh, I could buy a turnip now. I couldn't buy a turnip before, but now that I'm 26, I can. You should you should and submit then, that to Congress. See see if they can I, pass that bill. I would love to be able to say because every year you would earn a new achievement and a new ability ah. like in a game would you get the little achievement sound the bloop? every year turn when, it unlocked uh, yeah. <laughs> how awesome would that be i only six more months and i can buy a rutabaga man uh, this is gonna be <laughs> freaking believable thank you that's the other funny <laughs> name for a vegetable fruit root thing that's the total comedy word you can say rutabaga just in public you could scream rutabaga people will laugh yeah, yeah. it works i've tried it yeah, tur- uh, turnip is kind of funny, but rutabaga definitely beats Trump's uh, turnip. It does, definitely. All right, well, uh, enough, uh, enough digression. Let's get into the announcements. Uh, as you can tell, uh, we are recording this live since uh, you heard us kind of screw up during the intro, which uh, hopefully made a couple of you guys out there laugh. Uh, if not, we apologize. But not really. Anyway, we'll uh, a couple other things. Yeah, we are recording this live. Uh, so we're recording from Saturday, April 5th at 1.18 p.m. In, in Winnipeg. And whatever's happening uh, live, we are recording it and uploading the MP3 later, probably today. Ho- hopefully today, probably tomorrow, uh, because of some running around that I have to do. And we're going to try to do this. Uh, who knows what this might mean? We might get into uh, 
like streaming this live over the internet so you guys can listen live or recording live. All sorts of interesting things can happen now that we have this live setup going. Uh, and I could do uh, great things like uh, just put in like little sound bites like this. Like just What's up, everybody? This is Kevin Pereira from Attack of the Show. You're listening to DS Life. So it's pretty cool. We're really uh, loving uh, it. And uh, what's that? I said, wow. Yeah. That was a long time ago that I got that clip. That was that was a, for a launch. Wasn't it the Wii launch? Uh, was that the... Oh, no. I think I got that one for the Wii launch. Oh, yeah, I met up with no. them twice, and yeah. I got one. <clears throat> yeah, I think, that was, uh, I think that was the Wii launch. No, no, no. That was at an art show. Oh, that was for Nerdcore right. in Nerdcore. LA. Yeah. Yes, I remember that now. So cool. So yeah, we're recording this live. Definitely send us email. Let us know what you think. I know we've uh, tried this a couple times before, but we have a foolproof system, which is working pretty flawless right now. Uh, knock wood. Uh, and hopefully it's going to stay that way, which is cool. Uh, a couple other announcements before we get into it. Uh, I've been Twittering. Uh, I've been on the Twitter. Uh, and I would like all the listeners that are also Twitterers to follow me. Go to twitter.com slash Dasme, D-A-S-M-E, and uh, give me a follow. And I will try to follow all you guys back. And I just want to get into some more interaction with the listeners when we plan game nights and other things that might happen. Uh, we want to have easy ways to contact all you guys, um, not just through the podcast. And along the same lines, if you are a Facebook user, uh, head on over uh, to Facebook and become a fan of the DS Live podcast. I will definitely be placing links to both of these in the show notes. So you can just click through, become a fan. And we're hoping that in the future, we're going to be able to use Facebook to, uh, again, announce uh, game nights, announce contests, giveaways, uh, appearances, things like that. Uh, when, I, uh, when I'm out at uh, Panera Arcade Expo, it'd be cool just to jump onto Facebook, say, I'm at this bar or this restaurant. Come meet me. Uh, things like that. So uh, we, we definitely want to get into some more contact with you guys, the listeners. And uh, those are a couple of really good ways to do it. If you have any other ideas, please shoot us an email. Uh, DSLifePodcast at gmail.com. Ah, that was nice. That was nice. That, that kind that of flowed. Nice. Kind of flowed. Yeah, kind of like that. <laughs> All, All right. right dude. Let's, go, let's get into the meat of this podcast. What have you been playing lately, my buddy? I picked up House of Dead 2 and 3 on the Wii yesterday. Nice. Um, and so far, it's exactly what Lloyd and I predicted. It's uh, not to get into it too deeply since this is a DS Live podcast, but it is the arcade. Mm. Um, and I couldn't ask for anything more. I would rather it be the uh, a completely native um, translation, and it, that's what it is. They give you one extra... Um, Option, another form of playing. I think it's arcade mode. I think it's the original and then you get arcade. But mm -hmm. other than that, it's completely identical to what uh, we're all used to when we'd go to uh, – uh, what was your local arcade? Because I was, I, we had Aladdin's. We had Dave & Buster's. We had – what else do we have? We had a couple of other arcades. Mulligan's. What, what would you play? Where would you go to play your video we games? We had a whole pile of arcades in Winnipeg. Uh, we had a, a place called Magic Land, which was uh, pay per the hour. So all the games would be set to free play, and you just pay like – five bucks an hour or six bucks oh, an hour that's or whatever awesome. it was. So it was pretty good. They had some really good stuff. They even had a CD part in the back that had all the adult arcade games where you could, uh. Uh, you could unlock blocky nudity um, by playing a game, a clone of Kicks or whatever. Uh, you remember mm -hmm. the game Gal's Panic or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they, they had that. They had pinball. They probably had about a dozen or so pinball machines. They had pool. Mm -hmm. um, later on in their live, they set up uh, lands so you could get on there and play like Quake and different things, uh, multiplayer. Really magic cool. land does sound magical it, it was pretty magical it was really good that's where all the <laughs> sketchy people would hang out so that wasn't magical but the place itself oh. pretty magical pretty magical um uh, pretty i'm also playing rock band uh only because um and i was so psyched about this april 1st came around we all know it as april fool's day mm -hmm. and we we're kind of set up and we're we're used to the internet playing jokes on us mm-hmm um, if you guys went to YouTube, you could click on a movie and it would take you to the same crappy like 80s video or something. Did you remember? Did you see that, Lloyd? Oh, I, I don't know what you're talking about. You don't? No. Well, actually, maybe I do. Maybe it's uh, <laughs> maybe it's this. Sorry, my internet is just going really slow. I was trying to, to set it up. That's it. So, yeah, so our listeners have just been rickrolled, basically, is what you're saying. But yeah, no, yeah. I, I know what you mean. There was uh, there's a lot of crap happening where uh, you'd, you'd follow the links on April 1st, and you'd basically be rickrolled or flicker rolled or other types of rolling that were happening. Yeah. 
And it was pretty awesome stuff. And then when I woke up and I found out that I went, I, I hadn't turned on my, I don't usually turn on my Xbox in the morning, but I did. And I was uh, going to play some Call of Duty 4 mm-hmm. uh, until I found out that, um, that Staying Alive, the end theme to Portal was Staying available. Alive. Wow, the disco version. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> What's the name of the song? Still Alive. Still alive, yeah. not staying alive. Still and actually, alive. when I saw that, I was like, "Why do I want that song? I don't want that song." But then it was. Then I noticed that it was Portal. And I was like, "Oh my god!" Uh, and I downloaded it here, and I downloaded it at work, and that was one of the first things I did was play uh, play that song at work, and it is so fun. I can't believe it. I thought it was gonna be a prank. I thought I was gonna download it, and it's gonna like it was gonna be the voice of the computer telling me I suck and I should die, like the <laughs> nice. game. I'm playing and, in the background here. It's uh, one of one of my favorite songs from a video game in a long, long time. Yeah, it's great. Um, and if you guys haven't played Portal, you don't have to play Portal to enjoy it. But there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of inside jokes in the song mm-hmm. that really it, it, the whole game culminates almost to this uh, to this song and makes it just so worthwhile. Yeah, totally. Um, been playing uh, since Super Smash Brothers. I think Aloy and I got some games in. Yeah. Um, and- I, have we all played with Steve? No, we have not played with Steve. Uh, okay, we've just I know been uh, with... playing and getting schooling schooled by my wife. Uh, that's true. I did get schooled a couple of times, but other than that, I've been playing uh, a good bit of Professor Layton, and that seems to be uh, the sleeper hit almost. Um, and it did pretty well, I think, the first two weeks of sale. But it seems like the sales are just continuously going. It hasn't spiked really. It's just kind of plateaued, and it's been selling well since it came out. Um, and I think just from word of mouth. Uh, I let a friend borrow it. She now owns it for her DS. I let another friend borrow it when she went to um, she went on vacation. She needed something for the trip, so I was like, you know what? I'll, I'll let you borrow this. I think you may like it. Nice. She totally loves it. She totally loves it. So now we're at work, and there was a puzzle that one of the girls couldn't solve, and so like half half of the workplace got involved in uh, in trying to solve it. And it wasn't actually that difficult once you think about it, but you're like hitting your head against the wall trying to figure out what it is. So it's yeah, good totally. stuff. Really digging it, and um, I think I mentioned on the last DLF, uh, DS Life that I picked it up pretty much for the reason that I could download puzzles off the internet mm-hmm. um, every week. Nintendo has a new Wi-Fi puzzle to download, and I think that is just one, one of the coolest things I've ever heard. You know that uh, just like Picross, I think Picross you could download stuff, right? Yep, you can definitely do- you can still download lots of packs on Picross, which is what I've been uh, playing lately. When I've been playing Picross, is all the downloadable content. Mm. So I think that's amazing, and I I, can, I commend anyone who, uh, any developer who decides to make the, um, the add longevity to a game like that. So I d- I picked it up based on Lloyd's recommendation and the fact that it had the download service, and I love it. It's absolutely amazing. It's a great game, and everyone should take a look at it. If if you're in school, you may not like it because it feels like you're back in school. But you know what? I liked school when I was in it. I've been out of school for a while. And I I totally enjoy it. It's um it gives you little flashbacks of the days when you would be, uh, you would have like a substitute teacher, and the substitute teacher wouldn't have like an outline for you, so she'd end up just giving you guys puzzles to work on for the day. Nice. Yeah, that's what it feels like. Yeah, so, what have you been playing, Lloyd? I've been playing a lot. Uh, of course, I picked up Professor Layton the day it was out, and I beat it like two days later, and I just like totally went crazy, went through every single puzzle beat every single puzzle and got all that I could out of the game. And now I've been playing the downloadable content. Uh, I've, I think I've missed a couple weeks. I'm going to have to fire that up after the podcast and catch up on a couple puzzles. Um, so that was pretty cool. Uh, I've been, of course, playing Brawl uh, every every night uh, or every second night. Been getting a couple games in, uh, just having a heck of a lot of fun. Other than the online issues that there's been for the last little while, haven't been able to get online and play any games. But I've been going through a lot of the single player mode, and that's been a lot of fun. Um, But this is the DS podcast, so let's talk about the DS game that I've been playing, and that is, of course, Ninja Gaiden Dragon Sword, which is the long-awaited, much-hyped Ninja Gaiden Gaiden, um, game that is finally on the DS, and uh, if if you want, I can give you guys a 60-second review. Oh, I I think I heard a couple yeses uh, from the crowd. Oh, there's another one. Um, it, It is an awesome game. You basically um, pick up your role as a Ryu uh, from from the Ninja Gaiden games, um, both on the Xbox and the early early ones, which are kind of loosely related. And uh, you are basically um, going through a whole bunch of different levels, um, 
after what they're calling, I think, uh, dragon gems, shadow dragon gems. Um, basically, they're attacking your your city, your hidden village. Um, they stole one of the one of the maidens from your village, and you're basically after uh, to pick her up. And you basically go through the game, going through levels, killing hundreds and thousands of enemies, um, and making it to the end uh, where there's boss battles. Uh, really cool. Um, the game is fully 3D. Um, well, not fully 3D, but Sometimes it's fully 3D. You basically hold your DS like a book, uh, so it's one of those cool games, and you control the game fully through the use of the stylus. The only thing thing that buttons will do is put you in block stance. So if you hit any button on the DS, it'll put you into block stance. Um, so you, uh, when you're going through the normal levels, you are fully 3D, the enemies are fully 3D, but it's like a 2D um, backdrop, kind of like the old Resident Evil games where you're kind of going 3D through a 2D um, picture. Um, but the graphic style is just unbelievably amazing. It's really, really cool, super fast. Um, attacks are done with just like slashes. So if you want to attack an enemy, you just slash across them either side to side or at, at, at a diagonal angle. Um, and that will basically launch you at this guy and hack him up with your uh, samurai sword. Or you can do things like slice or um, hit up on, on, or sorry, draw up because you're not hitting buttons and you'll jump um so that's how you jump you can double jump if you're tapping people you throw shurikens or whatever other throwing weapons that you've unlocked at that at those enemies which is really cool and then you can even do special moves like if you uh, once you unlock it um there's a special move where you draw down on an enemy and then you do up twice and you basically do this crazy hit with your sword that knocks the guy up in the air you jump up grab them and then you do like this back suplex somersault like your Zangief type thing and land on the ground and kill them really really cool uh love it uh and then each main level uh, culminates in a fully 3d boss battle so the enemy is 3d the stage you're on is 3d and you're 3d and throughout the whole game i mean i i played it through um it was probably about a six hour game to get through on the normal difficulty that is the only one that's unlocked when you first start the game um and uh, I had a blast doing it. Um, I was basically picking it up for a couple hours every night and going wow. through nice and nice and slowly. And and it was just a lot of fun. Uh, once you beat it the first time, you unlock other difficulties. And I think there's four difficulties in total. No, it's probably just three, I think. Um, mm. But yeah, th- this game is definitely a must play for anybody that owns a DS that likes action games. If you are a casual gamer and you're into the puzzle games and the brain training and stuff like that, definitely not a game for you because even on the easiest level which is like way easier than the xbox version which was probably one of the most difficult games ever um anybody can pretty pretty much play that if you're into kind of actiony games um but as you unlock some of the other difficulties they get darn right hard really really <laughs> fast like like you even in some of the early stages you're dying from just like the normal like just junky enemies that uh that are littering the levels so a lot of fun i can't recommend highly enough um if i was giving it a score on the website which i haven't written my review up i should do that it's probably a nine if not an eight five or nine it there's almost nothing wrong with this game other than wow. the, the difficulty and the fact that there's no multiplayer um ninja gaiden's really never had or ninja gaiden has never really had a multiplayer aspect um though so i can't really fault it too much for that um, but it is definitely a must-play. Uh, it, it's amazing what they've done with the DS for its 3D engine and also what they did for their control scheme. It's uh, definitely a lot of fun and something amazing to see happen on your little, little handheld. Oh, that's a bummer because I really want to play it. I, I didn't buy it yesterday. Mm-hmm. I went to, uh, to Friday's. They have it on sale for 30 bucks right now, and I picked a copy of House... That's when I picked up House of Dead and ended up picking up... Um, Ninja Gaiden for uh, for Steve for thirty bucks. And I'm like, I want to open it so bad, but then I have to shrink wrap it when I gave it back to him. That would kind of blow. That would, or you could just say that you tested it out to make sure it wasn't defective. Yeah, and and because it may blow up, I hear that these cartridges blow up from time to time. Mm-hmm. They they mm-hmm. do. I mean, I've I've heard that for sure. <laughs> all right what's next all right well let's get into the release list uh let's talk about a couple games that have come out in our hiatus uh, since we haven't produced a podcast in a little while uh those are of course uh, last week we had ninja gaiden dragon sword which i just finished talking about great game definitely pick it up and if you're into harvest moon uh, uh harvest moon ds cute came out uh which is a mixture of i think puzzle games and harvest moon e type 
actions. So if you're into Harvest Moon, you'd probably like this game. Uh, this week, we're going to see three games come out. Uh, none that are really decent, I don't think. Uh, nothing that jumps out at me anyway. There's a game called Plushies. Uh, so if you're into the whole furry lifestyle, that might be a, a game for you. Uh, if not, it might be a good game for the kids. I'm not sure. Uh, we have a game called Fab Five Soccer, uh, something that I haven't heard about. Uh, apparently, it's like something for the Beatles or something, because uh, weren't they called the Fab Five or whatever? Yeah, uh, they were. Um, so Or were the Fab Four or whatever. Um, but yeah, this is a, a soccer game on the DS. Uh, it looks decent, um, but it's not by one of the main uh, so- soccer or one of the main, um, I guess, sports title vendor people. Um, so it, it might actually be kind of bad uh you definitely if you're into soccer you might want to wait for some reviews on that game before just rushing out and picking it up and then we also have another sports game mlb 2k8 fantasy all-stars so that's the toned down version of mlb 2k8 for your ds nice let's go into uh do we have a bumper for the news ds watch news we do that's it <laughs> <laughs> all right guys first up on the news um I was a huge fan of this game. DS Trauma Center will be making a return. Uh, and it was announced in Nintendo's pa- Nintendo Power magazine. Uh, they haven't revealed too many um, details yet on the, uh, the sequel. Mm-hmm. Um, except that after almost three years since Under the Knife captured the hearts of wannabe surgeons on the DS, Trauma Center is finally back on the handheld after a remake and an indirect sequel on the Wii. Dr. Styles stars in the game once again and is joined by Nurse Angie Thompson as they deal with the effects uh, and unanswered mysteries left by the defeated guilt virus. Awesome. I'm Fine. really, really looking forward to this personally. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I haven't, you know, what the only one in the series I haven't tried is uh, the one of the Wii, the new one of the Wii, mm-hmm. Second Opinion, mm-hmm. with the multiplayer aspect. That's yeah. the one I haven't tried yet, but I'm, I'm curious about that one too. Awesome. That so, awesome. so yeah, check this out. Uh, they're saying that this game will probably ship in summer, late summer. So it looks like we won't have too long to wait to get another uh, Trauma Center game on the DS. Absolutely. And some and to some sad news. Oh, yes, definitely. Um, if, if you guys have been listening to the podcast, you know that both Edgar and myself have been really hyped about the the remakes of Arkanoid and Space Invaders. Uh, they came out in Japan. Arkanoid shipped with a really cool paddle controller allowed you to do to play Arkanoid across both screens. Your ships on the bottom. All the blocks are on the top. Lots of fun. Uh, Space Invaders came out and was totally re-envisioned. Um, basically, every time you shoot or hit an enemy, it would produce music. And it was kind of like a music kind of Geometry Wars-ish kind of game. Really cool. And I was totally stoked to hear that they were eventually going to be coming to the U.S., but there wasn't a, a firm announcement. Well, just recently they said, yep, yeah, we're bringing them over to the U.S. And you guys will be able to pick them up and they're going to be like $30 a pop or something. I think maybe even cheaper than that, $25 a pop. Um, so questions came up. It's like, okay, well, what about the paddle controller? I mean, that was included with Arkanoid in Japan. Is it coming over here? And uh, just this past week, it was confirmed that in no, in fact, there will be no paddle controller released in the U.S. market, which is really, really bad. I, I'm really yeah. totally disappointed in this. And I know Edgar and I talked about this a little bit beforehand. Um, yeah, so. we talked about it. And we talked. We even went to so much uh, as far as to suggest that uh, our, our, our retailer that we dislike very much um, – they could even bundle a game with uh, with them and have a special edition in a local retailer or even make it a Best Buy promotion or a Target promotion, do it exclusively for one company and sell it there. Um, it, kind of, it almost doesn't make sense just to produce a, if they can't uh, to not produce a few more mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and sell them as special editions here in the U.S. Um, because it adds so much to the game. This is not like a gimmicky thing. This is how Arkanoid should be, be should be played with a paddle. Yeah, exactly. Um, so uh, they basically said a couple things. They said that if you had an imported paddle controller, you could order you could play it with that. So if you already have a Japanese paddle controller, it'll work on the the North American version of these games, right. which is something. I mean, we can always go ahead and import it from Japan and pay like fifty dollars after shipping and ever and whatever to finally have this controller. Uh, but they also did something that's kind of assy. It's similar to what Capcom has been doing with the Phoenix Wright games. They said that the future of Taito games released in North America depend on this. So if you guys do not buy these games, future Taito games may not come out in North America. So I think everybody's kind of doing 
what, saw what Capcom did when they said, well, if you don't buy this version of Phoenix Wright, the next one's not coming out. And they did that for the last couple. Um, they kind of had the same the, the same thing to say. And I don't know. Personally, I'm just kind of done with that. I'm kind of pissed off. It's like, yeah. if you don't want to release your game over here, don't. But don't uh, guilt people into going out and buying extra copies just so they can get your next title uh, to come to North America. It just seems kind of stupid to me. The DS is not a struggling system in any way, shape, or form. No. It has a huge base. Uh, it, and, and all these publishers are making it seem as if um, the future of, of, of them depends on us buying these games. And mm. it's absolutely ridiculous. It's getting to a pitch where I don't care for it too much. Yeah, it's it's stupid. It's it's almost like they're they're making us want to thank them for releasing the games on it. It's like, well, you guys should be thanking us too because we're actually taking the time out and releasing products for your system. But yeah. no, you're trying to sell products to us. You're not giving them to us. So it it would make more sense for you guys to release more games that would sell well, um, and and not guilt us into buying games just to guilt us like for no other reason than to guilt us to actually pick up these copies absolutely anyway uh anyway on to good news uh you guys are all well aware was it this past wednesday the wednesday before mm-hmm. wednesday before um vicarious Vi- uh visions uh along with activision announced that guitar hero is coming out for the ds guitar hero on tour will be released in june uh on 29th if GameStop's uh date is going to be correct uh and we'll ship for about 49.99 i saw this uh roughly through a few days before uh, three or four days before that the, <clears throat> the announcement came out and it tortured me not to tell lloyd about it i i just remember when you popped on im the the day that the media blitz came out i was like hey edgar have you seen he's like hey lloyd guess what i've seen this for two <laughs> days already like, you yeah. suck you and suck, it, it, you and your privilege information. I, I know. And what sucks is uh, the Wednesday before, I think we actually recorded the podcast, and I wanted to tell him so bad so we could have something else to talk about. But uh, no, unfortunately, I had to withhold information. But I think Lloyd and I have had time to digest mm-hmm. all that has been uh, handed to us and what has been announced. Um, so what do you think about the whole Blitz now? I don't know. I, I think it's interesting. Um, I think it's kind of a toned down version of Guitar Hero. Obviously, there's only four buttons. Um, but I think it's interesting. I, I think if if you want to take your DS on the go and still get your Guitar Hero fix in, it's going to be perfect for that. I mean, they haven't announced like downloadable content or songs online or anything like that uh, or, or really what the multiplayer uh, is going to entail, if it's just going to be local multiplayer or if there's going to be some online aspect. But I think it's interesting. I mean, it's Guitar Hero. I mean, it's going to do well regardless. They could have yep. Guitar Hero for your toaster, and I'm sure they'd sell a hundred thousand <laughs> copies. So, I don't know. the uh, The peripheral is better than I thought that it was. It was ever going to be. Yeah, because we talked uh, about this long time ago. Yeah, absolutely. Like, or what are you going to get? This little tiny guitar that you're going to plug into your DS, and you're going to have to like cramp your hands to like strum on it. We talked about different ways that you could do it, and this uh, this looks really interesting. They uh, yeah. They they kind of. I think they thought it out. They didn't just rush to market with a product to just sell millions of them. Like, I don't know, game manufacturers sometimes do. Yeah, man. If you look at the uh, the trailer and watch it carefully, uh, you could see the guy went, he, I guess the girl rocked him and set his guitar on fire, and then he actually had to blow it out using the microphone. So it's not like a, a dumb port. I mean, they're actually taking their time, uh, and they're making a quality product. And, you know, Guitar Hero is a very... Um, it asks a lot of of the players, and uh, as far as like a, having to buy a controller and whatnot, and dedicated um, the dedicated hardware. So, they're what they're doing with the DS is pretty incredible, and they're not taking it lightly. You know, they could have easily just done a Elite B Agents type game, called it Guitar Hero on Tour, exactly. and it would have been it would have sold it would have still sold a crap load. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're adding a, the peripheral. Um, they're adding some elements that are only going to be found on the DS, so they're trying pretty hard to get this uh, to get this in as many hands as possible, and for n- to not disappoint, mm-hmm. which is good. Totally, awesome. Well, uh, I'm really looking forward to this, and I mean, fifty bucks. How can you go wrong, really? Uh, uh, you can't. Wrong. You can't go wrong. Oh, all right. Well, then that's been <laughs> confirmed. You can't go wrong. You can't with, go wrong with buying Guitar Hero on tour. <laughs> uh, moving along, uh, this is something that was really cool. 
I guess it was about a month ago, um, there was news that uh, Korg, uh, which is a big music um, hardware producer, was releasing mm-hmm. something called the DS10, but in Japan only. And what it was is it's basically a DS version of their MS10 uh, synthesizer. So it's what a lot of musicians use to come up with ideas for their electronic tracks and 80s music and whatever else, like that that type of style. So it's a fully full-featured um synthesizer inside your ds so you can do patches you can create different sounds you can um, do loops and different things like that you can record your songs etc etc um and i have a couple friends that are really heavy into electronic music creation and uh they they started crying and they're and i got two ims on the same day from them they're like how can i import one of these and will it run on my ds and i was like well yeah sure i mean any ds game that's been released will run on any other ds uh so yeah you can go to different like play asia or yes asia and probably do an import in summer when this things come out and and they were pretty happy with that and they were just dreaming of all the different live music they could be creating on the bus but the good news is that Korg has recently announced that the DS10 will actually be coming to North America as well. There's no firm release date, but if any of you guys are really into music making, this is definitely one to pick up. Um, I mean, if you like Jam Sessions or uh, Electroplankton or any of the other music creation games, this is definitely going to be a game along the same lines. It'll just be more of a fiddle toy than something that is actually a game game. Um, but yeah. I can see if you're if you're very creative, this will be something that's right up your alley. Yeah, this is less of a game game than even Jam Band or uh, Jam Sessions. Jam Sessions, yeah. I mean, it's very much a synthesizer with a uh, a GUI interface. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, it'll be great for people who are musicians and are good at it, but don't expect uh, any kind of uh, multiplier to come across the screen when you hit certain keys in a row or anything like that. That's right. So, but it looks pretty awesome. Um, also, uh, Square Enix is announcing uh, a DS RPG. Actually, I think they announced it already. The, are, for anyone who's actually curious about what kind of RPGs are coming out from Square Enix on the DS, there's one coming out uh, shortly that, well, not shortly, but in the near future, that will be more of a mystery slash RPG mix. Yeah. Um, it looks as if uh, they took, how would I call it? Um, Hotel Dusk, and they mashed it up with uh, some of the elements that they have, and they created this new genre, almost, of uh, uh, genre-type game. Uh, the n- name of the game is actually going to be called... Let's see, where did it go? Uh, Sigma Harmonics. And it's set for summertime in Japan. Um, and there's no yet no set release date for uh, the U.S., but it's going to come out sometime in Japan. Uh, Lloyd will have a link to it, for details about the game, but basically it'll be mystery with aspect RPG aspects, very story driven, uh, with character designs from Nakayaki Yusaku. I'm sorry, I probably butchered that name pretty bad. Pretty good try. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> so there's there are people behind the 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 Final Fantasy series um, producing this, so it uh, it'll be interesting. It's a nice little take on on what RPGs can be. Awesome. Okay, well, moving along. This is another game that was recently announced, um, but it was cool enough. I mean, we don't like to just give you guys a, a blurb whenever a game is released or announced because many times these announced games never actually come out to full-fledged products or they suck really bad when they do. Um, but I saw this video and I had to tell you guys about it. Uh, Codemaster showed off a game called Grid. It's Race Driver Grid is the full title. And if you've ever been kind of kind of hoping and praying that there's going to be a full-featured driving game come out on your DS and you've been turned off of the other games that have been out, like the different, uh, I don't know, Ridge Racer and uh, I don't know, oh, what's the other one? The other one from EA, which I can't even think of the name, but... Um, uh, the, it's a racer? Yeah. Uh, Need for Speed? Yeah, Need for Speed, that's right. Um, they were They were okay, but they really weren't racers. They were just kind of blocky kart racers really um they weren't really like full-fledged car racing games this one looks really cool i'm going to link to the video in the show notes and you should check it out it shows eight cars on the same track racing in full 3d um weather effects like there's rain in one part and fog in another part um it looks like uh, you're, you're racing kind of tuner kind of cars so there's probably going to be a full tuning aspect thrown into it and i am really 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 looking forward to this and i wanted to share the joy and 
and hope and probably <laughs> hype with you guys because uh, I'm really hold, crossing my fingers and hoping that this comes out because I, I need a good racing game to take along with me when I'm riding the bus or on a plane or whatever else uh, I'm going to be doing and I need to get, have some fun with my DS. Yeah, the only really good racing game is not even uh, a hardcore race game. It's Mario Kart. It's, yeah, exactly. It's just a car game. And that's literally, I don't know of any other great games on the DS. Nope. Not, um, not for racing anyway. No. Uh, and don't get us wrong. Mario Kart's one of our favorite games of all time, but it's not a full-fledged. It's not. A, it's just a cart. It's a cart racer. Yeah. Totally. Um, and while it's fun, it doesn't uh, satisfy some of the needs of uh, us, us racing fans. So. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Here's a, a little tidbit that I'd like to uh, bring up for a second. Uh, we've talked about homebrew apps in the past very briefly. Um, and some of you uh, are probably aware of the, the R4 card for the DS. Um, Nintendo has kind of started bullying Japanese retailers uh, and batting them around a bit and having them pull the uh, cards off the shelves. Um, one thing that astounded me was not the fact that Nintendo's doing this because Nintendo's always been uh, one to start seeking out people that may be pirating software. Um, there's been busts in China, in Korea. They're, they're always going after that those rings. Uh, but what caught me off guard is the fact that they're that the R4 is actually selling like in local corner stores in Japan, in the native homeland of Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Um, do we have a, we have our uh, corporate, uh, I mean, our corporate, our uh, correspondent in Japan. Well, he's here now, right? But he's in Japan yeah. or he was in Japan. He'll check in and uh, let us know if, if this is actually a common site. Cause I know cards like this, technically they're not illegal. I mean, there's homebrew is not an illegal thing to do on your DS, when right. you're downloading game ROMs and playing commercial titles, that is definitely illegal uh, piracy. Um, I know in Canada, um, there's really lenient copyright laws which prevent things like this from being flat-out banned. So I think uh, you can order cards like this in Canada without any problems. But it's kind of interesting to see Nintendo bully their retailers in Japan, saying, like, if you don't get rid of these cards, uh, we're just not going to sell you any other product. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's kind of the tactic that they use. Um, it's, it's very effective here in the States as well. Um, the uh, you know We will not give you any kind of uh, store material or any kind of presence or you know, we'll limit you on, on this or that um, if, you kind of, if you pull these stunts. Uh, and they were, they were notorious for this type of thing back in the uh, SNES and uh, Sega Genesis days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, big time. I mean, just because they were uh, they they were uh, what is it uh, top of the roost? They were the king of the hill at that point in time. So it's it, it's kind of interesting. I mean, obviously, like I said, Nintendo. Don't get me wrong. Nintendo's been going after the uh, the pirated software and the people that contribute to that culture for a long time. But it's just odd to see that um, that it's happening in Japan, whereas usually hear about these kind of things happening in in other countries that are. You know, a little bit more relaxed as far as uh, pirating software goes. Mm-hmm. Exactly. All right. Well, All right. that's going to about do it for news in this episode. We have a voicemail uh, coming up. Uh, got some emails, and then we're going to get into the end of the podcast. But uh, let's kick it off and get into the voicemail. DS Live. Touchback. Hey, guys. This is Rachel calling in from the Sims 2 Challenges podcast and the Girls' Night In podcast. I'm calling in for DS Life podcast. Uh, First-time caller, long-time listener. Always like to say that. So fun. Um, I'm calling in uh, because you guys talked about screen protectors a little while ago, and I wanted to make sure that you knew about, I believe, a relatively new product. Uh, They were talking about it at one of the recent conventions. I believe it was CES, and it's called Invisible Shield. Um, on the podcast I was listening to that they talked about it, they were showing it off particularly for iPods to keep it from scratching, but when I was on their site looking for iPod covers, I noticed that they also do Nintendo DSs. They also do Wii's, by the way, too. Um, features scratch-proof, lifetime guarantee, no added bulk, improved grip, invisible protection, it's fourteen ninety five. Um, we got a, an iPod one for my husband, and uh, it's awesome. You really, it's really hard to even tell that it's even on there. Um, it's actually made with the same technology that they uh, coat helicopter propellers with for the army. 
so it's really, really tough stuff. Like um, the videos I've seen, the guy was taking a pen and trying to you know, push the tip of the pen through, and it didn't and didn't go through. And so it's supposed to be a really good uh, product. So I just wanted to let you guys know that and let the listeners know that maybe that's a a good way to go. And you can either get it just for the actually. Uh, I was going to say I thought you could get it just for the screen, but it looks like this one, this particular one, is for the entire product. And uh, oh yeah, I just wanted to thank you guys for a lot of your particular recommendations. Really like Pink Cross, but uh, anyway, I've gone on long enough. Uh, great show, keep it up. Bye. All right, so Rachel sent that in about the Invisible Shield, and she sent she called the voicemail line like seconds after and left a short little voicemail. So I'll just play that one real quick. Hi, it's Rachel again. I. Uh, Sorry, I forgot to mention that it's available at InvisibleShield.com. It's not available in stores. That's all I have. Bye. Awesome. So there you go. Uh, Yeah, we were talking about um, screen protectors a while ago. And uh, I had seen the Invisible Shield stuff too, but I didn't realize that they actually had a DS product. Uh, That was like one of the big iPhone products that they were selling. It's like these two strips of plastic. You have this little um, this little juice container that has water in it that you spray. I don't even know if it's water. It's some sort of adhesive thing or whatever i don't even know what it is but you spray it on the visible shield you spray it on the product that you're covering with the visible shield you put it on you use a squeegee thing to get rid of the water and it creates like this airtight seal with this really strong really thin plastic and you can wrap pretty much anything in it so people are wrapping their full ds's i've seen people use invisible shields for other um, ipods and other cell phones um, but i just didn't know that they came out with uh, a ds version so if you guys are definitely looking uh, for a new screen protector this might be one to check out and uh, thanks for calling in rachel and i'm really glad that uh, some of our um, some of our recommendations have actually paid off for you uh, i hear that a lot in emails people have picked up a game that we've recommended and it feels good every single time that we've been able to help uh, you guys uh, pick up a game that you would really like absolutely all right so we're getting into emails Sure. Well, let me take the first one. Uh, the first okay. email is from Nick, and Nick writes in, Disney is now using the Nintendo DS as a navigational tool. So I guess this is in reference to a story that we had a few episodes ago, probably three. Um, and he continues, the service is in beta, and it's only available for certain guests. Uh, but so far, it looks promising. The custom DS allows you to check wait times, locate rides, attractions, and where to meet characters. Visiting different attractions unlock different themed minigames to play while eating or waiting in line. And whether you'll be able to use your own DS is still unknown but from what i've heard people are really enjoying the service and he uh he gives a url to um an, a story that's kind of a follow-up to what we were talked about and then he continues love the show keep up the great work and that's nick uh nick sets it in not my son nick who is turning two right away because he can't <laughs> type yet not yet <laughs> so that doesn't uh, mean you're tra- you're not tra- training him to start typing uh he tries to like steal my laptop away from me when i'm sitting on the couch with my macbook pro he like tries to like plug things into the ports and type on the keyboard and hit the trackpad. So it's, it's great uh, fun. It's great fun. <laughs> All, All right. right. Should I take the next one? Yeah, for sure. All right, cool. All right. Dave Levy writes, Hey dudes, listen to your review on professor Layton. I played the first five puzzles and the only thought that crossed my mind was, damn, I feel like I'm writing an SAT exam. What's, I don't remember writing exams and SAT whatever anyway totally to, was hard where you, where and maybe turn a dog into a run over dog that never happened in your scts no not really although it would totally have changed my score if it had happened <laughs> if i got cool stuff like that uh totally was hard and made me feel like i was back in math class the graphics rock though i agree and the storyline is really neat dave thanks dave yeah thanks. i agree the storyline rocks and the game is one of the best and most polished games out on the ds right now i believe mm-hmm. yeah definitely and i'm glad that another one of our mini reviews have uh, gotten you to pick up a game and enjoy it so that's cool and don't bash your head too hard against the wall you know, some of the puzzles are really hard but it is such a great payoff when you actually do solve them absolutely all right our last email comes from sylvain jacques and it goes hey guys my name is sylvain from montreal or Montreal, if you're from Canada, and I've been listening to your podcast since the beginning. You're the only podcast that I have on my iTunes, and believe me, I've been searching for a good podcast on video games for a while. Your podcasts are simply the best. You're simply the best. <laughs> oh, why did we ever give you this kind of power? It's, why? At least I'm not making uh, Nelson say haha, which I could do, it? but I'm but, but I'm do it, off. No, do it, do no, it, I dare you. No. 
No, I'm not going to. Okay, maybe I will. Okay, that's the last one. That's the last one. No more. Anyway, he continues. I would like to know just for fun, what is your top five video games of all time? Oh, Salut man. les amis, Sylvain, the Nintendo fanboy. So, Dude, Edgar, how can you just lay that question on top of someone? That one's heavy. It's pretty heavy. I, I have a couple picks, but I don't know if I can have five. Actually, yeah, I think I have five. All right, what's your first? Okay, well, it's uh, it's probably a toss-up between Super Mario Brothers and Super Mario Brothers 3. Um, they were both impactful wow. for, for different reasons. Um, Super Mario Bros. is the first time that there really was a, a really solid side-scrolling platformer that you could really like get behind the characters that were in it. But then Super Mario Bros. 3 took that and like flipped it on its head and added a whole bunch of cool new stuff like the uh, Tanuki suit. Or no, that was... Yeah, no, 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 the the boot, that's the one that was my favorite part of the game, even though we yeah. only got it in one level, and, uh, like, the warp whistles and all that other stuff. So it was just incredibly cool. Both good games, but both good for different reasons. It's really hard to judge the, your favorite games of all time because you can either go and look at your the games that you play in the past and judge them on merit, mm-hmm. or you could simply judge them on nostalgia. Like, uh, like I will, I'll have to say... Super Mario 64, pretty much one of my favorite, pretty much the favorite game of all time. I could say I put this many hours into it. It is a, one of the best games ever created. Um, and just, it's an amazing game, start to finish. Uh, and easily, 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 you know, probably my favorite one or two games. But after that, it gets kind of gray. Um, I would say that Resident Weevil, uh, actually on the GameCube, was one of my favorite games of all time. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, you have, do you have another one on your list? I, I, I'm going to keep going, but go ahead. I want to see what you have. Okay, well, I have my five, if you want to hear, right. hear all five. Um, all right. So Super Mario Brothers, like I said, tie between the first one and Super Mario Brothers 3. Another tie between Doom and Quake. Um, and I say wow. it's a tie because they were, again, impactful for different reasons. Doom was the first time that uh, I was able to use a modem and frag my friends and really explore a full 3D universe, which... Um, was something that I always dreamed of doing in video games, but it really never happened too well. Uh, so Doom was awesome. And then Quake basically took that and cranked it to 11. Again, uh, with the full 3D polygonal um, environments, ability to, to like bounce your, your grenades around corners and stuff like that. And I've probably poured like literally years into playing both of those games. If I add up like all the, every minute that I've spent playing a doom or quake it's probably been about a year of my life like i I used to play it every single night it was amazing uh so those are some really good games uh another one uh zelda link to the past Mm. Um, my favorite zelda of all time it's a game that i can pick up anytime and play and i I think that's kind of my criteria for best games of all times for me these are games that i would be able to just see in a store or see on someone's computer or someone's console and just pick them up and play them uh, because i had so much fun playing uh, the other one would be, or another one would be Mario Kart for the SNES. Yes. Um, my favorite Mario Kart and one of my favorite multiplayer games of all time. Um, just the ability to hit, to kill people in, in like the multiplayer modes, which is something so unbelievable um, and made you wonder why it hadn't really been done before on a console. Really, really cool. And then I guess the last one for my list is kind of hard to say because you really can't play it anymore. And that was Ultima Online. Uh, I played, mm. I spent so much time playing Ultima Online, uh, like back when there was like no guards in town, when you could kill people anywhere, when there was like dreadlords, like that whole battle that was going on. I actually, on one of the, the Great Lakes server, uh, one of the, the bigger servers, I had a city or a house that was inside of the city limits. Cause that was like a pretty patch house and I managed to keep it and was like selling stuff there every day. And it was just, it was fun to like jump into Ultima online and play it for a few hours every day. Um, I even went on further to become a companion um, inside. So I was actually origin systems uh, got me on board to, to be like a little companion counselor type person. So I would go answer questions that the general populace would have and stuff like that. So I, I probably spent a lot of time playing Ultima online as well. Um, can't go back to it now though. Um, there's just so it, it's such a dated game that it really wouldn't do well in this environment, but um, I had so much fun playing it that it definitely has to be on my list of, of top games. Yeah. And I'm going to throw a, a weird one into it. Killer instinct in the arcade. Oh, nice. I loved Killer Instinct. Yeah, it was an Ultra 64. (laughs) That was awesome. That was a great game. 
I loved Killer Instinct. I pumped so many quarters. I probably pumped more quarters into that than any other arcade. Maybe Mortal Kombat 2, mm-hmm. but I think I pumped more uh, dedicated quarters into Killer Instinct. Embarrassingly um, Mortal- enough, I have to say Killer Instinct is the reason why I bought an N64. Like I was so hyped that I'd be able to play the arcade game at home that I would was counting the seconds to N64 finally being released. Um, Killer Instinct didn't come out for quite some time after. But I right. probably played Killer Instinct on my N64 every night with one of my buddies um, before the bar, after the bar, on nights we didn't even go to the bar, on weekends, <laughs> on mornings. Like, we used to just beat, like, beat the hell out of each other constantly with this game. It was just so much fun. It was so bad, but it was so much fun because it was so bad. Yeah, that's, the, that's one of the ones where, like, I know uh, that one is only there because of nostalgic reasons, and I just I loved it, loved it. Mortal Kombat Two was another one, and I'm sure Street Fighter should be somewhere on your list. Yes, uh, it should be, but I only can pick five. But yeah, definitely, if I had six, uh, Street Fighter would be one of the other ones up there. <laughs> um, and I'm and Mario, uh, Mario, just like you said, Mario Kart was one of my favorite games of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, if I had to pick my five, it'd probably be uh, Mario Brothers sixty four, uh, Mario three. Super Mario Bros. 3. Uh, it'd probably be Mario Kart on SNES. Mm-hmm. Although the N64 one is it's right up good. there. It's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, uh, there. I don't. I can't tell you which one I've played more. Um, but I guess that's a good thing because I played those. I played them a ton. Um, Jesus. I see. I'm already running out of fingers. <laughs> I only have one hand worth of fingers. Um, you have a horrible accident that you haven't told our listeners about. Uh, a what? Did you have a say? horrible accident that you haven't told our listeners about? The yeah. fact that you only have one hand of fingers? One hand of fingers. That's all. I, yeah, the other one is uh, tentacles. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. I, good thing I pronounced that correctly. And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> oh, jeez. No, dude, you don't understand. I will never... Okay, guys, I'm going to be real with you for a second. When I was talking about Final Fantasy... I had finished about. I had just finished my whole cup of uh, coca tea, mm-hmm. and I was feeling loopy. And I was, dude, I was sweating like crazy when I was going through that little blurb. I'm finally passing out so I could speak again. But when I was like, when we were talking about the Final Fantasy makers creating another game, I was like, uh. <laughs> and you probably go back and listen to it again because it sounds like I was half drunk or asleep or something. Anyways, it's passed. I'm all right. And I got five tentacles nice. <laughs> or something. Uh, <laughs> okay, let's let's move on. Let's let's leave your top five games for another time when you're not so uh, loopy. Yeah, and uh, let's let the people know uh, how to get in, uh, get a hold of us. Um, as always, uh, you can get a hold of us at dslifepodcast.com. That's our website. You can click email us at the top of the page or contact us rather uh, to send us an email. Our direct email address is dslifepodcast at gmail.com. And you can of course leave us a voicemail so you can be played on a future episode just like Rachel was in this one and our voicemail line is area code 206-326-1221 again ladies and gentlemen that number is 206-326-1221 tentacles and of course uh, as mentioned at the top of the podcast please uh, twitter me add me as a twitter friend uh, become a fan of the facebook or of the DS Life podcast at facebook and we'll be sure to have some great contact and conversations back and forth with our listeners. Yes. I think that's about it. That's going to about do it. That was a pretty good episode. We thought it would be about a half hour and it's about 53 minutes. So we, uh, we, we, we rambled on a little bit. It's all about queue up that, uh, that outro music. Uh, Okay. Let's queue it up and we'll, uh, we'll chat at you guys next time. Have a good one. Bye. DS Life, your DS News Source.